Today's program is a story, true story, called The Seven Day Ox. Hello my radio friends, it's good to be with you again. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you're enjoying the programs and I hope that things have been going well for you. Last time we were considering the subject of why bad things happen to good people. People who God loves and has no wish that any harm would come to them. This week we will have a break from the heavy material like prophecy And I want to share a story with you about some terrible things that happened to a good man and how God rewarded his faithfulness. But I want to say at the outset that not always is there a happy ending. Some good people have suffered some really bad things and many died as a result. Some of the martyrs, especially in the Middle Ages, were tortured and killed because they remained faithful to God. And there were not just a few, but multi-millions of them. The true story I want to share with you today comes from a book, The Seventh Day Ox and Other Stories, written by Bradley Booth, and was published by the Review and Herald Publishing Association in 1957. The story is set in Russia, when communism was in full swing, and the story probably occurred in the 1940s or thereabouts. Nikolai Panchuk was a young Protestant minister living in one of the large Russian cities, Kiev. He was young and shared the good news of salvation with many people. Many Russians were hungry to hear of God's love And as they were not happy with communism, which of course teaches that there is no God, Nikolai was a pastor of 11 underground churches, each having about 20 members. The people met in homes, and the KGB tried without success to find out who the members were and where they met. Nikolai was arrested several times, yet the KGB interrogators were unable to make him reveal the names of his church members. When he was arrested the fifth time, despite the best efforts of the KGB, Nikolai again revealed nothing. But this time, instead of letting Nikolai go free, he was declared an enemy of the state and sentenced to a labour camp in Siberia for an indefinite time. Shackled to a guard, Nikolai was placed on a train and spent several uncomfortable days heading north to Ukraine and then, after changing to a slow goods train, for a further three days and nights going north into the Arctic regions of Siberia. There were two other prisoners on the same journey. It was summer and most of the ice and snow had melted. 
Scattered here and there were patches of water where millions of hungry mosquitoes bred and tormented any living thing that moved. Nikolai resolved, whatever might happen to him, never to betray to the authorities the names of his parishioners and, come what may, never to compromise his principles. He resolved to remain true to God despite any and all circumstances. The second part of his resolve would test Nikolai's faith and cause him a lot of anguish and pain sooner than he expected. After three days of crawling northward and very early early in the morning, before dawn, the freight train stopped at what Australians would say the middle of nowhere. There was no station, no houses, not even a building. The prisoners were herded off the train and were told that they had an 18-hour walk to the prison settlement. So, already weary from spending around about a week travelling, and all but starved, the three prisoners with accompanying guards set out skirting bogs with hordes of hungry mosquitoes, black flies and noceums, a tiny insect constantly worrying them, across the tundra toward the prison camp. In this part of the world, the summer days are extremely long, and night never really becomes dark. They walked the whole day and arrived at the prison camp at night. Strangely, there were no walls or fences around the camp. Escapees would have little chance of surviving in the vast expanse of this desolate region. It would be pointless to escape. Escapees probably would die of hunger or of exposure to the elements, or may even become dinner for some of the large timber wolves that had inhabited the area. On arrival at the prison camp, everyone gathered around. These new prisoners were the first contact with the outside world for months. Nikolai was surprised to learn that there were about 300 prisoners in the camp. Soon the prison warden, with bloodshot eyes, probably from drinking too much vodka, appeared in a nightshirt and looked the new prisoners over. It was about midnight when Nikolai finally lay down to rest. Before sleeping, he prayed a silent prayer. Lord, help me keep my courage and let me be faithful to you and the church I love. And, like Martin Luther centuries earlier, he breathed, Here I stand, I can do no other. May God help me. It seemed to Nikolai that he had only just gotten to sleep when a guard came crashing into the barracks, shouting that the men had twenty seconds to be outside for roll call. There was no breakfast that morning. After walking for 18 hours the previous day, Nikolai was weak with hunger. After roll call, the guard announced that all three new prisoners must see the warden immediately. When it was Nikolai's turn to go into the warden's office, he was met with hostility. The warden had no time for preachers and he made it known. 
Nikolai was assigned his work detail. He was to work with the prison carpenter. But before Nikolai could explain to the warden that it would be impossible for him to work on the Sabbath, that's Saturday, he was sent out with these words ringing in his ears. Remember, Panchuk, no problems. Simply obey orders and you and I will get along fine. You see, <clears throat> Nikolai was a Seventh-day Adventist and he kept God's commandments, including the Fourth Commandment, which states that the seventh day of the week was holy and no work was to be done that day. Nikolai hoped he would have a chance to explain to the warden, but no such chance came. The days ticked by, and on Friday still Nikolai had no opportunity to tell the warden that he would be unable to work from sunset Friday until sunset on Saturday, the Sabbath. It was his intention to honour God and keep God's commandments. A showdown was approaching. Nikolai spent much time in prayer Friday night and early Saturday morning. He decided to attend roll call but, but would not show up for work detail. After roll call, Nikolai went back to the barracks and spent the morning on his knees praying. At around noon, a guard discovered Nikolai and asked if he was sick. He was not sick and explained that he could not work because the Bible says that the seventh day of the week was God's holy day and he must obey God's instructions. With fury, the guard began to beat Nikolai with his nightstick, hoping to beat Nikolai into submission. Despite the beating, Nikolai remained firm in his resolve and told the guard that he still would not work. This sent the infuriated guard into a frenzy and Nikolai was subjected to more beating before being dragged to the warden's office. The warden asked, You can't work? Not on God's holy day, sir. Is that your final answer? Yes, sir. Strip the preacher to the waist and tie him to the flagpole and go get my whip from the office. With that, the warden whipped, whipped Nikolai until sweat rolled down his face and he stopped because he was exhausted. Nikolai regained consciousness late in the day. Next morning, although Nikolai felt like chopped meat, he managed to put on his clothes and carry out his duties. As the week wore on, he began to feel better, but by Friday he wondered if he was in for another beating the following Sabbath. Little did he know he was to suffer much worse treatment. Saturday morning, the guard came into the barracks to waken the prisoners. Nikolai was on his knees praying. The guard said, Now then, Panchuk, no more of that foolishness. But Nikolai had resolved to honour God no matter what and was soon being hustled to the warden's office. Nikolai again explained that he could not work on the Sabbath, whereupon the warden and a guard took their prisoner to a stall where the ox used for bringing water to the camp was housed. In a dark corner of the stall was a heavy wooden box 
about a metre long, a metre high, and about half as wide. The lid was opened, and Nikolai was forced to get into the box. The lid was fastened shut, and the warden and the guard left. There was no food, no water, and Nikolai had no idea how long he would be in the box. He could not lie down, but had to sit with his legs doubled up. One day passed, then two. No one came to see how he was getting on. The only company he had was the ox, who came to sleep in the stall at night. We'll take a little break now, and we'll go on with this fantastic story of suffering through being faithful later on. Thank you. 
Just before the break, I told you what the warden did to Nikolai and put him in this box about a metre long, about a metre high and about half a metre wide and for days on end nobody came and he was given no food and no water. At the end of ten days there were footsteps and the lid of the box was opened. The stench from inside was nauseating. Nikolai was pulled out of the box, but his legs, doubled up for those ten days, would not support him, and he collapsed on the floor of the stall. It was some hours before Nikolai could crawl back to the barracks, clean himself up, and manage to eat a little food. During the next few days he began to recover slightly and did what work he was capable of doing. But next Sabbath, because he resolved to honour God again, he said he could not work. So he was back to the box for another ten days. No food, no company, only a little water this time. Unbelievably, this scenario was repeated for two more long years. Ten days in the box, a few days out, and then back again. But still Nikolai remained faithful to God and counted it a privilege to suffer for his Lord who had suffered so much for him. There was a lot of time to pray and Nikolai put quite some questions to God during that time. In the summer there were the flies and mosquitoes and in the winter was the bitter cold of the Siberian winds and snow. But all the time there was the loneliness the darkness and the stench in the box. One day, a high-ranking Russian army officer rode into the camp on horseback to do a camp inspection. The warden showed him around. What do you do to discipline any offending prisoners? asked the officer. Besides the normal deprivations and beatings, the officer was told about the box. Do you have anyone there now? inquired the officer. When the officer was shown the box, he was horrified and ordered that Nikolai be removed immediately. Nikolai, like so many times before, collapsed on the floor. The officer was furious with the warden for such inhumane treatment of Nikolai, even though he was a prisoner. So you won't work? the officer asked Nikolai. No, sir, I will work, and I am prepared to work more hours each other day to make up for it, but I cannot work on God's Sabbath. The officer was sympathetic and asked if there was any other work Nikolai could do where he could make up extra time in order for him to be free on the Sabbath. The only thing, the warden stammered, would be to bring water from the spring. All right, the officer agreed. If you can bring enough water in six days to last for seven, you may have your Sabbath and not be required to work that day. So it was that the next day, Nikolai accompanied Oleg, the water carrier, to the spring over a kilometre from the camp. The ox pulled a cart on which there were two large barrels, and these were filled with a bucket at the spring. 
Five trips per day amounted to ten barrels of water. That was one day's supply. The next day Nikolai asked if he could do the job alone. That Tuesday morning he was up before dawn, put the harness on the ox and attached the ox to the cart. He hoped to get in one extra load of water and hopefully, with God's help, managed to get enough before the Sabbath came at sunset Friday night. But the ox had other ideas. Despite all Nikolai's attempts to make him go faster, the ox plodded along at his own weary pace. That day, Nikolai only managed to bring ten barrels of water. Nikolai pleaded with God for strength or a miracle and went to sleep that night with the intention of making an extra early start the next morning. Way before anyone else stirred in the camp on the Wednesday morning, Nikolai was up and roused the unwilling ox and was on on the way to the spring. But the ox, weary with years of doing the same thing, plodded along slowly at his own pace, sometimes stopping to nibble at some of the tundra grass. He had no intention of hurrying, despite all Nikolai's urgency and urging. That day, the last load was brought in long after dark. Six loads, that's twelve barrels, but still way short of the needed quota. Nikolai began to despair. The task seemed impossible. By the end of Thursday, Nikolai was very discouraged. They were still four loads short, which would mean that nine loads would be required on Friday if he was to keep the Sabbath. Again that night, Nikolai pled with God, explaining that he, that's God, had given the Sabbath and told people how they must keep it. Nikolai had been faithful and vowed to remain faithful even though it looked as if he would be unable to keep his side of the agreement. He slept a troubled sleep that night. Next morning, Nikolai rose even earlier and made his way down to the stable. Instead of having to be aroused, the ox was already standing up and seemed nervous. After being hitched onto the cart, the ox bolted, heading for the spring. Nikolai ran, panting after him, barely able to keep up. Never before had this ever happened. When the barrels had been filled and the lid securely fastened, the ox headed back to the camp again, at a furious pace. Nikolai wondered how long this would last. Then, at the same furious pace, the second load was fetched. All the other prisoners were amazed to see this extraordinary spectacle. By noon... Five loads of water had been brought. One day supply. The camp cook handed Nikolai some bread and a few carrots as the ox cart raced by. Just before sunset, the beginning of the Sabbath, Nikolai unloaded the last two barrels of water and led the ox back to the stall. It was unheard of that nine loads of water had been brought in one day. The prisoners and guards and warden were totally amazed. Nikolai patted the ox. I don't know what happened, he said, but you deserve a Sabbath rest too. 
Somehow God had rewarded Nikolai's faithfulness. But although he enjoyed his Sabbath rest and thanked God for this strange miracle, he wondered what would happen next week. The warden, guards and other prisoners had seen what happened. It was the big news of the camp, the most exciting thing that happened for years. Next week, the ox behaved in his slow, lethargic fashion, simply plodding along like nothing had changed. Nikolai urged him along, but nothing seemed to make any difference. But on Friday, it was a repeat of the previous Friday, and the ox acted like he was supercharged. By sunset Friday evening, the full quota of water had been brought back to the camp. <clears throat> the warden reluctantly conceded, Your God has done a miracle for you. This same scenario continued week after week for eight more years. God had somehow honoured Nikolai's faithfulness. Nikolai was a witness of God's existence and of God's power. Some of the prisoners asked Nikolai how they might get to know his God too. One day, the same high-ranking officer rode back into the camp. He, of course, had heard about the flying ox, the Sabbath-keeping ox, and about Nikolai. Your God has rewarded your faithfulness. I can see that you are a man of integrity. I'm going to sign your release papers, he announced. So Nikolai was freed and went back home ten years after first being arrested to Kiev, where he continued as a minister of the gospel, sharing God's love with the people and showing them how they too might be saved. This story is primarily to show you how some good people have had to suffer bad things. But it also tells us, as with the case of Nikolai, how we should react under stress stressful circumstances and of our need to be faithful to our loving God, and where, if not in this life, but in the life to come, we will be rewarded. Now, I've not had to suffer anything like what Nikolai had to suffer, but it is my intention to be faithful to God no matter what. I hope you too will determine by God's grace to be faithful. Then we together can enjoy God's rest forever. Our time is up. We must stop. But I look forward to you joining me for another Give Me the Bible episode next week. Until then, it is my hope that you have peace and courage and the determination to be faithful to him who has been faithful to you, our Heavenly Father.